Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father God, we bless your name. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loves us. Is there anybody out there who loves the Lord today? As we sing our song, oh, how I love Jesus because he first loves us. Hallelujah, amen. We're gonna sing the first verse right here. Say, there is a name. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its words. Good morning, and thank you again for joining us today. Um, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. We just heard from our praise, singing, praise team singing, Oh, how I love Jesus. And no matter how much you love Jesus, I can guarantee you one thing, is that he loves you more. I'd like to remind our young people to go to tabsda.org and uh, go to download our sermon notes sheet. Uh, 
We were able to give a gift card to our winner from a couple of weeks ago, but last week no one turned it in. So parents, uh, you can print it out. I think we have it set up so you can also fill it out online, then download it and email it immediately. So we're trying to make it as easy as possible for you. I'd love to be able to provide another winner with a gift card. So like most Americans who like sports, I have been fascinated by the documentary on the life and career of Michael Jordan. This documentary is called The Last Dance. And this documentary is providing us a glimpse, just a glimpse of what motivated MJ to be regarded as the best player to ever touch a basketball. On any given day, you can come across a group of people that are arguing about whether he is the GOAT, right? The G-O-A-T, the greatest of all times. It's fair to challenge that thought with other players, right? Such as LeBron or maybe uh, Wilt Chamberlain, or there are others that we can throw into that discussion as well. But what cannot be challenged is that MJ had the GOAT mentality. Now there was something in him that drove him to be great. He was willing to sacrifice a lot in order to be great. We can all agree on that. So for just a few moments today, I'd like to touch on a couple of these aspects of Michael Jordan's personality and see if there's anything that we can take away from that as we continue on our walk as Christians. Our destination, though, is not greatness when it comes to, to make it on the, not greatness when we make it onto the basketball court. Our destination is godliness, so we can make it into the court of heaven. So what can we learn from Michael Jordan's pursuit to be the greatest of all times and apply it to our pursuit of godliness over all things? That's the GOAT mindset that we're looking forward to, godliness over all things. For a scriptural reference today, we'll begin with 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. Holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. We'll continue with 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 11 and 12. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Let us pray. Father God, you and I both know that I am wholly unworthy to stand before your people. I am nothing but an old rusty nail. 
So I ask that right now you, 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 you use me as a rusty nail and hang a picture of your face that you may be seen, that you may be lifted up. In Jesus' most holy name, amen. I'd like to uh, issue a bit of a disclaimer. Uh, you know, we're talking a little bit about Michael Jordan today. and We're talking about the last dance. But I would like to, uh, I'm not trying to deify Michael Jordan, okay? <laughs> Just to use as a reference. So we're going we're gonna to bring it together here in a moment. And I think, I believe that you will be blessed by today's service. So one thing I'd like to point out is that Michael Jordan put time in developing his craft. Michael Jordan put time in developing his craft. In high school, Jordan failed to make his varsity team. So as a sophomore, he could only play on the JV team. He used that failure as motivation to get better. And in his sophomore year, while on the JV team, in that particular year, Jordan had multiple 40-point games and was attracting larger audiences than the varsity. Over the course of the next summer, Jordan spent all of his time singularly focused working on his game, and he happened to grow an extra four inches. So the next year, he made the varsity team, and he averaged more than 20 points per game as a junior. As a senior, MJ was one of the stars and one of the nation's top players and was recognized as a McDonald's All-American. Even throughout his career, there are many stories about Jordan's commitment to basketball. There's a good story about Michael Jordan when he was filming the movie Space Jams. And first of all, it, it took a while for them to convince him to even do the movie because Michael Jordan didn't really spend a lot of time doing other things that weren't related directly to basketball. When the producers finally were able to convince him to uh, spend his off-season filming that movie, he had a clause written into his contract. And this clause required, them for them, required for them, the studio, to develop, to build a basketball court on set so that when he was off from filming or in the evenings when they were done, he can get in a couple of hours worth of basketball as he prepared for the next, uh, the next season. But I don't want to Stray too far. Let, let, let's, let's take it to Paul, and he's going to be our biblical reference for today. The Apostle Paul was a learned man. He was Jewish by birth, but also gained Roman citizenship. He spoke, read, and wrote in Greek and in Hebrew. He was a man of great education. He became a Pharisee under the tutelage of Gamaliel. He was regarded as a master teacher of scripture. And that doesn't come slowly. It comes through time. It comes through dedication to your craft. As we navigate these uncertain times during this COVID crisis, one thing has become clear to me is that I have no one to blame but myself for falling, failing short, falling short of my goals. Before the crisis, I would say things like, man, if I had time to work out, I could get fine. And last night, my daughter and I were watching a movie and with my son watching The Chosen, and my daughter, just out of the blue, just reached over and patted my stomach. It's her way of saying that 
I am getting a little bit too pudgy down there. I think I'm going to have to uh, ground her this summer for doing that. But I would say things like, if I had time to work out, I could get fine. Or if I had more time on my hands, I could dig into the word a little bit more than I have been. Now, although some days it's tough to draw lines between work and home life as we are navigating this crisis, I do know that I have shaved off at least two hours of commuting that I would, should be committing to working out and further developing my relationship with Christ. Yet on both areas, I have fallen short more than I have followed through. What is that thing that you have wanted to do? Have you, have you wanted to start a business? Have you had a desire to enhance your education? Maybe you've wanted to learn how to code or to take some other courses to advance your career. Maybe you've wanted to learn an instrument or another language. I, I, I've talked to people that have wanted to read more LNG white books. What is it that you've wanted to do that you have not had time to do? Perhaps today, and it doesn't apply to everyone, but perhaps you have more time these days and you realize that you can't blame your spiritual shortcomings on the devil being busy. You can't even blame it on you being too busy. We have to really be honest with ourselves and ask whether we really want to pursue godliness or whether we are satisfied with mediocrity. Could have a mediocre job, a mediocre marriage. Do you have a mediocre spiritual life now is the best time to pursue greatness. Now is the best time even to pursue, above all, godliness over all things. Second point for today is that Michael Jordan couldn't succeed on his own. Michael came into the league in 1984 and immediately had a tremendous impact on his team and even the NBA League, right? So he was Rookie of the Year. He averaged uh, nearly 30 points a game as a rookie. Uh, he played a pivotal role in the development of the NBA as a powerhouse sports league that had really been started by Magic and Bird a few years earlier. If you know, they weren't even showing NBA games live before Magic and Bird. But Michael didn't approach what we would consider greatness until he gained teammates that were of similar focus and mindset. Remember the story MJ told as a rookie. He walked into a room, a hotel room, and saw some of his teammates doing drugs and taking part in activities that would not help them achieve greatness on the basketball court. It wasn't until he got Pippen and Grant for that first three championship run that he entered, even entered the conversation of being considered as one of the greats. Paul, the apostle Paul, was relationally wealthy. He traveled with friends. He stayed with them. He visited them. He worked alongside them. He preached alongside them. He was beaten, huh, have mercy, alongside them. He even sang in prison with friends. He encouraged them and was encouraged by his friends. At times, Paul had disagreements with his friends, and at times, he was able to reconcile with them. A quick read 
through the book of Acts shows uh, Paul's commitment to and his genuine concern for his friends, Barnabas and, and Titus and Silas and Luke and Priscilla, Aquila, uh, Lydia, some names I cannot pronounce, John, Mark, and the Ephesian elders, and more. Even Jesus himself had 12 disciples, and then even narrowed those 12 down to three when times were particularly pressing on him. Brothers and sisters, we were not designed to walk this walk alone. We need to closely align ourselves with people that are similarly pursuing godliness. I want to implore in particular our young people on this point. The people that you align yourself with while you're young will play a part in who you are becoming. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, it says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Years ago when I was uh, practicing law in Houston, I, uh, I, I, I dipped my toe in a little bit of uh, criminal law. And I was leaving the courthouse one day and a lady approached me and I could hear the desperation in her voice. And I was, I was hungry and I wanted to go, but she kind of reminded me of my own mother who many times advocated on my behalf when the popo wasn't acting right, have mercy. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. So I put off my lunch plans and I went to help this lady. Her son was facing a minor drug charge and we really just needed to reset the date and then come back later for the actual hearing. And the situation was quite simple. This young man and his friend were driving in a car and they pulled up to get gas. As they pulled in to get gas, a police car pulled in right behind them. And they got nervous because between them, they had a joint, just one joint. So they, 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 they said, all right, let's, let's go ahead and pump the gas and you know, do what we have to do. So they get outside and they, they go into the store to pay and they're trying to just you know, walk around the store and waste time and hope that this cop will leave and a cop is just sitting there in the car. So they go into the bathroom and they're concerned and trying to talk this thing out. So they go into the bathroom and my client has a brilliant idea while they're in the bathroom away from the prying eyes of the cops to put this joint in his sock and put his sock back on and his shoe and go about his business. So he goes outside, they pump the gas. As soon as they start the car and leave the gas station, they get lit up cop pulls them over and ultimately finds the joint. So, I don't know how many people are watching, but I would imagine that about 99% of you all are asking the same thing that I asked the client that day. If you went into the bathroom with a joint, away from the prying eyes of the cops, why didn't you just flush the joint down the toilet? And the look of astonishment on his face if you hang with fools, <laughs> you're likely gonna get up in trouble. And now because of a five or $10 joint, I have, no, I have no idea how much a joint cost. His mother had to pay me way more than that to get him out of his legal predicament. 
the other day I had to uh, uh, receive a call or an email from my, one of my friends from way back in the day, and he set up a Zoom call for some of us. And I get on this Zoom call on a, or on early on a Sunday morning, actually, and, and it was really some of my friends, you know, I had to sit back and really think about who I was talking with. I was talking with a vice president of a major corporation and was talking with uh, musicians that have played with some of the biggest stars. I was talking with uh, Brise, who you all know. I was talking with uh, another friend, an engineer with Lockheed Martin. He can't even tell me what it is that he does or because uh, it's, uh, you know, I don't have the security clearance to get there. And I realized that I was blessed to be able to associate and develop strong relationships with these gentlemen. You know, who you associate yourself with can have a strong impact on where you're going. As you create your circle, again, I'm continuing with the young people, as you create your circle, make sure you associate yourself with people who are similarly pursuing godliness over all things. The next point I'd like to share with you is that Michael Jordan didn't let his past failures define him. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16 says, for a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked may fall by calamity. The Bulls had missed the playoffs for three years prior to Jordan's rookie year. And after Jordan was drafted, they made the playoffs. But uh, they were bumped in the first three years by Detroit, um, uh, let me see, Milwaukee's, the Celtics, I think. I think the Knicks bumped them one year. And then they got bumped for three years straight by Detroit. After that third year of getting manhandled by the Pistons, Jordan and his teammates hit the weight room to add more muscle and durability. The next year, they finally beat the Pistons in the Eastern Conference Championships and went on to win their first of three uh, NBA champions, championships. They did not let their past failures define them. Instead, they learned from them and got better each time. The Apostle Paul was a Jew who grew up to be a Pharisee. The book of Acts specifically details Saul's efforts, Paul was Saul, right, before, his efforts to seek out and jail followers of Christ. Paul had an active role in the death, as Saul, in the death and punishment of an innumerable amount of Christians. And then Paul, after his conversion on the road to Damascus, was still feared by the disciples and other followers of Christ. And he knew this. In Galatians 1.18, Paul noted uh, that he went to Galatia specifically to see Peter. But it's noted in the book, Acts of the Apostles, that the disciples were too afraid to meet with their persecutor. So Barnabas took him in. And what did Paul do? He, he, he didn't lick his wounds. He didn't say, woe is me. He did what God called him to do. And he preached the word. And he did not let his past dictate his future. I know that some, that there are some of you that have had a past that doesn't look like your future. Perhaps you've had children out of wedlock and people hold that over your head. Maybe you have a, a criminal record. Maybe you didn't finish school. How many of you are glad that you serve a God whose view of you isn't limited to your lowest point, 
but he values you based on your potential. God's view of Paul wasn't limited to him being a persecutor. God saw Paul as the most prolific writer of the Bible and the one who was probably most responsible for the spreading of Christianity at that time. God sees what you can be. He sees where you are going. He sees the trajectory of your life. And the same spirit that was poured out on the disciples in that day, the same spirit that filled Paul, is the same spirit that is available to you in these last days. Because you see, we can't fake it anymore. You see what's happening around us. These are the last days. You may not have thought of it, but this is a last day sermon. The Bible says that in the last days, God's spirit will be poured out on all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Old men will see dreams and young men will see visions. How many of you are longing for the Holy Spirit? You see, uh, the latter rain is what we're looking for. The latter rain will be poured out on everyone. Some will be filled by the Spirit and will be utilized as vessels to finish the work. Others will reject it and will remain undeterred from their sinful ways. Which camp will you be in? How many of you today, church, are longing for the Holy Spirit? How many of you want to be filled with the Spirit like Paul. If there was enough for Paul, if there was enough for Matthew, if there was enough spirit for Peter, if there was enough Holy Spirit for doubting Thomas, certainly there's enough for you and me. I believe that God wants to come back for people that have been striving for godliness over all things. People that did not let relationships or jobs or, or, or life's circumstances deter them from their ultimate goal. Godliness over all things. What is your mindset today? Is your mindset that you want to be drawn into a closer relationship with Christ? Is your mindset that you want your desires and wishes to line up with the desires and that, that Christ has for you? Do you want to realize the full potential and live your life the way God sees you instead of the way that man has sees you based on some of the mistakes you've made? If that is your, if that is your goal, if that is your desire, then I want you to pray with me today. Father God, we are grateful for the example that you gave us in the life of Paul. And that even though Paul did some treacherous things, persecuting, killing, and uh, confining followers of Christ, that you were able to turn his life around and use him for your glory. And that as his mindset changed, Father God, he pursued godliness, he was able to be used as a vessel. So use us today, Father God, Use us that want to pursue godliness to further your kingdom. And I pray that if we are able to maintain that desire and, and voice that desire, I pray that today 
we can realize a stronger commitment in our walk with Christ. If that is your prayer today, will you join me in saying amen? Thank you. We'd like to thank Elder English for that word this morning. It was very timely. Thank you. Um, it's always difficult melding something like the last dance with modern day events. That's relate, but it's relatable to where we are today. And so we'd like to thank you for that. And thank you for joining us today for our online worship service. We pray that you are blessed. Just as a reminder, there will be no AYM this week. Just another thing to remember that we love and we miss you, and we hope to see each other soon. Also, there is prayer meeting on Wednesday. And during the course of the week, we encourage you to continue calling and praying for one another as we navigate these times and these unique, difficult times as a church family. So as I said before, we love you and miss you and pray that you will all remain safe and healthy. Have a blessed week, family. <laughs>